Hey guys, how you doing? So today I want to talk about a book that I've just finished reading by Brittany Art called Anger Management 2.0. So this is going to walk you through the notes that I took about this book. It's not a complete version of the book. It's not meant to serve as an overall summary, but it is insights into the things that I took away from the book and therefore hopefully this serves you as something that you can take into your own life. So the reason that I read this book was because I had an argument, a big argument with my partner, Daniela. I said some horrible things. I raised my voice. I didn't deal with the conversation properly. And my responses were totally and definitely exaggerated. And I felt that I wanted to try and improve my responses. And what I've never had before is a framework for how to respond, what to say, and how to deal with anger as young adults that grow up you know the default response that we have towards emotions is all we have to go on and then we learn as a consequence of how other people react so why I really really like anger management and I feel that books of this ilk are required and recommended reading is because you're going from zero effectively Everyone learns about how to cope with anger by what you consider to be on-the-job training, but you're never given a framework in any type of education you go into, or it only comes as a consequence of having a blowout like I did with my partner that's given me cause to thankfully read this book. So let's go through it. So Brittany Art talks about how anger can blow out the lamp of the mind. So the lamp of the mind is ultimately your intellect and your logical reasoning that's in your prefrontal cortex it just reverts you back to your reptilian brain your amygdala where you just respond as an animal would angry people do not think straight we make bad decisions and ultimately you know there's lots of negative consequences that come from anger long-term anger will badly damage your actual health and Ultimately, what's interesting about anger, certainly in my case, is that there's also a degree of self-talk that, you know, you're usually attacking the other person when you feel emotional and this comes as a consequence of the things that you think about yourself as well. So you have exaggerated feelings about the situation and, you know, you have morally based judgmental thoughts, although I'm not quite sure what I mean there. But it's also true to have thoughts and feelings about revenge in the moment. I could kill that person. I could smack them, kick them, punch them. I could drop a brick on their head or all kinds of horrible things that you think in that moment. And there are two types of ultimately anger styles. You've got an innie and an outie. So in my case, I'm an outie. So an outie refers to someone who expresses their anger vocally or sometimes physically uh, unfortunately in my in my past i have expressed it physically here and there by punching doors breaking things pushing my partner several years ago and then an innie is someone who expresses their anger non-verbally they keep it hidden like a pressure cooker and that also has its own challenges because you know, it, it means that they are submissive, they're very passive, but there's still a world of anger inside them. But it is the alties of which I am one that you more popularly see around. So 
it's important that anger is something that you can and should express appropriately rather than keeping it in or letting it out. It's something that is there to be expressed and it is healthy. But the challenge is, is that we need to ultimately look to move away from extremes. Extremes with anger are what's problematic. And this is where the balance comes into play. So for me, I definitely have a habitual style of managing my anger that's pretty negative. I'll get into an argument and I'll shout, scream and say horrible things pretty quickly. And that's my style. Exploding in rage is something that I do do when I'm upset. I've done it with some of my team, Samil. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I've done it with my partner that I, that I love, Daniela. I'm, I'm sorry, Amore. And yeah, I've done it with my mum as well, historically, in, in the past. And, you know, equally, for a woman to be in a loving relationship, they need to feel, you know, vulnerable. They need to feel that they can trust you in order to be physically as well as emotionally intimate with you. And, you know, Daniela has said historically and recently, every time she opens up, I, I hurt her and it's like clockwork. And that is you know, part of the reason it's given me cause to read this book, because I want to, you know, I don't know what I don't know. And here I am trying to just figure some of these things out. So the anger response is found in the sympathetic branch. We're getting into the biology of it now a little bit. So the anger response is found in the symp sympathetic branch of the nervous system. It triggers a surge of adrenaline in preparation to meet the danger to fight or to run. Okay. And anger will often come with ultimately a strong feeling of injustice or rather strong feelings as well as ones of injustice injustice and the interesting thing is anger anger is neither positive or a negative emotion it is simply how we deal with it so misplacing anger also is you know a common outcome of of of, of situations when you get angry because you're kept late at work, you might take it out on your partner. So misplacing anger meant for something or someone else isn't good at all. And when we're talking about ways to diffuse such situations, there's ultimately three phrases that are extremely powerful. And, you know, I've just used some of these recently and I've seen how effective it is. The three phrases are, I made a mistake, I was wrong, and I changed my mind. You know, I made a mistake, I was wrong, and I changed my mind. And these are three powerful phrases that you can use, although I'm beginning to think that this is actually from <laughs> Brian Tracy Goals, <laughs> which is my last audio note, which you could listen to if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud. So let's skip that part. So abusive anger is the part that's really damaging. Okay, so that's name calling, raising your voice. And saying extremely hurtful things. I've definitely done all three. I'm not happy to say I've done all three. But I am in the process of not doing all three anymore at all. And it's important to learn how to express your anger without actually attacking someone. So expressions such as, I'm so angry with you, I don't know what to do with myself, is a much healthier way to express anger. And... When you're angry, or when you're so angry, you can say, I'm so angry with you right now that I need time to deal with it, then come back. I'm so angry with you right now, I need time to deal with it, then come back. Ciao. So 
that's some examples of how you can really cope with a, your anger in a in a more pragmatic way. So adaptive anger is the most effective style. So adapt to the situation. I don't really know what that means there. I've written it though. But uh, yeah, it's important to write down all of the triggers that generate generate your anger to, to basically change a situation or avoid it. So if there's a pattern that happens, so for myself, you know, if, if Daniela or I are irritated about something, it can quickly turn. Now we've got better over the years at managing that, but certainly there was even a moment yesterday Daniela hadn't slept well. She's going through her clinic right now for her university and she's quite irritable. And I didn't cope with that very well, but I also recognize that, you know, she said, oh, why, you know, why are you, why are you being annoyed with me for? And I was annoyed. It was true. But I did, um, you know, make a statement saying, <clears throat> don't worry, you know, I'm dealing with it, etc." So it's just, it's just, it's just important to recognize triggers that generate anger itself and then act upon it to to change a situation or avoid it so for example if Daniela gives me a bad look or negative energy if there's anything that involves these things it's important that I'm able to look at it from a rational standpoint and, and adapt my behavior accordingly if that means walking away it means walking away so it also talks about analyzing your anger episodes so think about the last time that you were angry and really think about it vividly. And uh, the first step is the overwhelming feeling of emotions ordinarily when you get super pissed off. Okay, there's an increase in heart rate, blood pressure and skin temperature. And when you're angry, your heart starts pounding and you become extremely restless. So it's important. Well, when I'm angry, that's what happens rather. But it's important to ask yourself, you know, how long does your anger last? How quickly does it come on? What emotions do they turn into? What message do you give to yourself when you're angry? And, you know, that could be, oh, you know, my case is like, I have to make her suffer for what she is saying or for how she's treating me, the injustice, etc. So it's important once you actually recognize the process with your anger episode, what you can then do to change it. So this is the next part is, is, is just reviewing your anger. Once you've analyzed the, your anger episode, you could ask yourself, how quickly do you become angry? For me, it's very quickly, within a couple of seconds. Does your anger build up slowly or does it come on suddenly? And it can be a combination of both, depending upon what the actual issue is. Are you aware of your anger coming on? And yes, you know, for myself, I'm, I am actually aware of it developing, but I don't do anything to stand in its way. I just let it run its course, which is silly now. How intense does your anger tend to be? So on a scale of one to 10, how angry do you get? So for me, it's, for example, a seven to eight. Does your anger last long? Mine dissipates relatively quickly. Do you allow yourself to become angry or do you try and talk yourself out of it? So, you know, that's a really interesting question there. And I think that for myself, I, I, I don't do a great job of talking myself out of it, to be honest with you. Do you ever cry when you're really angry? I sometimes go from being really angry to being really upset. And in those moments, then yes, I'll cry. And it's important to understand what messages do you tell yourself when you're angry? What is the dialogue, the inner dialogue that you're having? So these are some of the important points. The next thing that's a very, very useful strategy is that when you're angry, use the word I instead of you 
when you're explaining your feelings of injustice, okay? So I feel I'm frustrated about, I really didn't appreciate, I think, as opposed to you, 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 it really changes the tone of the conversation. So the purpose of anger is to ultimately solve problems, okay? It's not just to vent feelings, get it off your chest and then move on. So you do use anger constructively, really do use it constructively. I think that that's something that I do do a bit more effectively because I'm relatively pragmatic. So when there is a situation where there's anger flying around, try and learn something from it. So next time, you know, you deal with it better. So expressing anger appropriately and in moderation is better than expressing anger extremely or belittling someone. And there's constructive, therefore, anger versus destructive anger. The constructive is the one that affirms and acknowledges your integrity without intending to threaten or violate another person's, okay? So it's something that affirms and acknowledges your integrity without intending to threaten or violate another person's. Destructive anger is a weapon to hurt others and yourself instead of a tool to promote change in a relationship. So destructive anger is, is, is the worst kind. And intense anger is also horrible. It causes, you know, it can cause your partner to close down emotionally and just stop listening to you, okay? So when, when they're angry, they go into, or when you're angry and you're shouting, they go into defense mode because they just need to protect themselves because they're being shouted at. And I mean, it's just a horrible thing. So why do it? No matter what the situation is. So when your anger doesn't subside after an episode, it may mean that you're, so basically when your anger doesn't subside after things are done, it may mean that your intent is to control and humiliate the other person. So if you're, ang- if you're still angry after the thing is finished, it, it means that you're, you've got an intent to control or humiliate the person. So with all of this, it's important to discover your actual, and let's keep going. Wow. I've written a lot of notes here, guys. So, um, stay tuned. Um, let's keep going back. Where are we? So it's important to discover your anger origin style. So do you identify with your mother or your father's origin or your style? For me, I'm most like my dad's style. Anger what anger has been the norm in my family. My parents would blow up at each other. My dad would end up shouting at my mum because he got frustrated and he felt that she was stupid. My parents verbally and physically abused each other growing up. You know, I mean, my, my, my dad certainly would, uh, you know, hit my mum and... We're going back 30, more than 30 years now, though, mind. And my mum deals with anger. Ultimately, I guess the best, she just shuts down. I don't know if this is the best approach, but she shuts down, takes time away and just deals with it herself. Certainly more constructive. Whereas my dad used to shout and loud, shout loudly and physically confront. And that's something that I've done growing up. And now he gets angry and walks away. And that's something that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to deal with. So things to think about are your earliest anger memory, okay? So the worst experience you ever had of witnessing or experiencing someone's anger. And then thinking about how that made you feel, you know, uh, extremely frightened, a storm of emotions, what happened, you know, um, and that's something that is, is really important to think about. And then to think about the last time, and, and you know what, I will go, go into it. So with, with the earliest anger memory, you know, for me, as my dad held me down and slapped me about after I, I, I called my mum saying, get that woman out of the house. I think I was 
13 or 14, maybe younger. I, I, I need to think about it more carefully, but uh, certainly my dad, we got home and my dad would slap me for insulting, insulting my mum. So also think about the last time <clears throat> that you got angry, what happened. For me, I was, you know, for me, I ended up being ashamed, embarrassed, sad. I became a bit hysterical. I became hysterical. Um, and, you know, Daniela ultimately got extremely angry. She reacted horribly to my anger. She broke down. She got upset and told me how much she hates me. And she said she wished she wasn't there. And yeah, I'm, I'm reading this book now because I want to, I want to change that and at least pick up a, some strategies to, to, to improve things in the future. You know, I just, I just want to get better at this stuff. I just want to get a lot better. So then you can build your anger autobiography as a consequence. So that's the chronology of your anger. And, you know, think about patterns that you can then depict, you know, so I'm angry inside the household always, I like to keep it private, but it spills out onto the street sometimes, and I'm only ever angry with people that, you know, I care for, and not really anyone else, um, and I do blame, you know, do you blame yourself when things go wrong? For me, I get stuck in shame, and, uh, some people believe that fear and anger are shades of the same thing. And there's also the shame factor that we just discussed. So the act to wish to hide, shrink or disappear or feel badly about who you are is the shame factor. And it's common in people who have low self-esteem, feelings of worthlessness and self-hatred. Feel humiliation, feel fury, feel inferior, bad, unacceptable and different from others. That, that describes me to a T, I think. And you need to learn that it's okay to be who you are. And the, the, the initial sense of shame, if it still persists or present itself as fury, then I think that ultimately, you know, shame is something you have to manage. So anger is, is most commonly used as a defense against people who feel a defense mechanism amongst people who feel shame or, or shame-based low self-esteem, okay, so if you have low self-esteem, or you feel a bit of shame, then, you know, that's how anger is ultimately mixed up within that, and shame is also a result of severe physical discipline, emotional abuse, neglect, and abandonment, so shame can come as a result of severe physical abuse, discipline, emotional abuse, neglect, and abandonment, and there's certainly things that I felt growing up, because, and, 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 and this sends the message to the child, that the child is unacceptable, worthless, or bad, and, and shame can also come from induced, you know, shame-inducing traumas, such as childhood sexual abuse, being beaten up in front of others, and, you know, there's never any excuses for that, but that's also an insight to where it can come from, and learning effective, therefore, communication and assertiveness skills is, is really important, you know, it's, 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 it's natural for us to express anger at the moment it happens, because this is the most satisfying but the most effective way to communicate anger is to translate it into clear, non-blaming statements. It's not necessary to put the other person down. That's just aggressive, and there's no reason for that. It's better to just express your actual feelings, okay? And that's a much more assertive way of expressing your anger. So your assertiveness ultimately needs to contain two thoughts. The fact that you're angry, and why you're angry, and what you want the other person to do or to change, okay? And here are some guidelines for how to manage when you're angry, okay? Things or statements that you can 
you can you can say, I feel angry because I want you to avoid using you messages, always use I statements, avoid insults, avoid sarcasm, avoid name calling or insults designed to shame the other person. Express why you're angry and what you think could improve the situation. Have good eye on, have good eye on gut have good eye contact to improve sincerity or the directness of the message. Don't stare too intently. An active and direct posture is useful when needed to defend yourself. Sit close to show it's still a safe environment, but not too close to threaten. Check your facial expression. It does need to match your words. Pay attention to your gestures. No finger pointing, no table pounding, pounding no fist clinching. And notice your, tone, notice your tone of voice, inflection and volume. And control and use your voice effectively. So a vicious cycle when you enter the fight or flight mode is the hormone release of adrenaline and and that ultimately turns into more angry energy. So just be mindful of of, of all of those things. With that in mind, there's, you know, important anger strategies, anger management strategies that you can, you can deploy to make your, your management a bit more effective. So that's learn to tune into the true source of your anger. What about the situation made, you know, ask yourself. What about the situation made you angry? Are you feeling hurt, afraid, or threatened? What do you hope to accomplish by being angry? What are the things that you will do or not do? What specifically will you change next time? You need to learn to calm down and take a t- or take a time out. You cannot change another person. You can only change how you react to a person. Okay? You cannot change another person. You can only change yourself or how you react to another person learning to identify your particular anger triggers is a big one resolve issues you had with your parents and move on so if you've got parental issues then it's important to explore those and you should name own and release your anger okay your anger may feel new when it comes to your parents but it's an old anger that is as of yet unresolved so taking care of unresolved issues is definitely something that's important, okay? So that could be making a list of people who've harmed you historically. Go back as far as you can. Outline exactly why you feel hurt and explain in detail how other, per- how other people's actions have harmed you. When you make this list, don't hold anything back. And, and, you know, this will take time to do it properly if you really think about it. And seeking forgiveness is not something that... I've read the chapter in the book, but I didn't take notes upon it. But, you know, seeking... Seeking forgiveness is something that, uh, you know, is important in this context. So, look, guys, there's, there's, there's many forms of anger, by the way. This is the interesting, this is very interesting for me. Bad-mouthing people, talking behind their back, being impatient, being critical of others, sweating a lot when you're doing this. Um, assuming others, oh, not sweating a lot, swearing a lot, sorry. Assuming others are against you, seeing the worst in people turning most of your conversations into debates, competing excessively in work or play, having difficulty getting along with people, giving condescending looks or comments, and having difficulty relaxing are all symptoms of someone who, you know, has anger within them. And anger, you know, anger routes... Let's ignore that. Okay, yeah. Anger routes is, is you know, when, when, when an outie is angry, they use their anger in an attacking or blaming way. And Angerins can learn a lot from anger outies, and, and anger outies can learn a lot from 
anger in in it. So flexible, flexible people, flexible copers do well. So you need to be in between the middle of an inny and an outy. And it's important to notice your anger style the next time it happens and then try the actual opposite response. So if you're an outy, try be in. If you're an inny, try be out. And you'll notice new outcomes from different behaviors. You should try it several times to see how it goes. And you could record these incidents in a diary and then begin to work more and more on your anger reaction, okay? So we've got your anger sequence. So the anger sequence is trigger thoughts experience, lead to anger urge, lead to anger expression, lead to outcomes that are negative and positive. So you've got your trigger, then you've got your thoughts, and then you've got your experience, which leads to an anger urge, which leads to an anger expression, which leads to outcomes negative and positive, okay? So when we talk about the trigger, and once you become more aware of the trigger, you can obviously manage its situation. It can be, it can usually be everyday situations. It can be some form of disrespect. It can be a stress threat or a potential stress threat, loss, potential loss. Other common triggers are unwanted behavior by somebody else, someone's act, someone's actions or lack of actions or failure to act. It could relate to being ignored being disrespected being rejected if you're also angry with yourself when you experience moments of anger it's likely that you probably experience moments of guilt shame and sadness as well then you've also got memories so memories can take a life of their own when you have memories of abuse mistreatment or being treated unfairly parents favoritism or physical abuse then you've got teasing triggers so teasing is an interesting one Teasing is meant to be playful and relationship affirming, but low self-esteem people lead to seeing it as insulting and get defensive. So teasing, you should practice teasing role play because teasing is often, very often misconstrued. But, uh, you know, things such as, what well, aren't you an know it or look at your hair. So learning to laugh at yourself and practicing that is, is a big thing because it will really help with this teasing Awfulizing is very common. So when people get angry, they tend to awfulize, which is blowing up situations to be worse than they are. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. I felt like I was going to die. This is the worst thing that ever happened for me. I can't believe it. I can't go on. And people end up having like a, a, a low frustration tolerance. So get frustrated very quickly. And then there's a kind of demandingness style that some people have, which is you know, you want someone to behave as you request. You should, you have to, you must. Are you a demander? You ought to. Don't say those things. Do not say those things because they do not help. And learning a vocabulary to describe your anger is, is, is very powerful. So you can use this to express to another person exactly how you're feeling. So, you know, is your anger mild, moderate, intense? And if it's intense, you could say, I'm, I'm fired up, I'm incensed, I'm agitated, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated, I'm indignant. Basically, learning a new vocabulary when it comes to your anger or a proper vocabulary will improve your ability to express it more clearly. And you should never include insults. So never include insults. Don't call anyone anything. Just express how you feel. And then have a look at your body sensations. Okay, we've talked about the accelerated heart rate sweating, muscle shaking, tension, all of these are common symptoms. Be mindful of them so you can begin to be aware of them and then change your action accordingly. And the action urge is really interesting to consider. So like all animals, we're pre-programmed to defend ourselves from acts of aggression, okay? 
So on a biological basis, we're pre-programmed to defend ourselves from acts of aggression. The biological drive for the preservation of our life and our offspring is alive in all of us. It is alive in all of us. But the challenge is today that 99% of the anger that emerges happens when our life is not under threat at all. Okay? It's verbal or symbolic, but our primitive wiring perceives it as a real-world threat. So be mindful of that. We have to learn to delay. We have to learn to delay this biological response mechanism. Okay? Now, an outward verbal expression is the most commonly, most common way of anger expression. I don't know. Bear with me. If you found... So the challenge that you've got is if you found that angry behavior led to a positive outcome, you're likely to repeat this behavior. And if it's negative, then you're not likely to repeat it. But the problem is, is that angry behavior can also have damaging side effects. So short-term anger, from where the cause and effect are proximal, are most likely to affect your behavior as we consciously make the correlation. So if you tell someone to bloody fucking stop doing something and then they stop doing it, you think, oh, that was positive. But over the long term, they don't make take risks. They don't innovate. All kinds of negative consequences occur over the long term. But because the, cor- the proximal correlation is what we hold in our mind's eye, we don't see the long-term damage it does. So ep- epinephrine and cortisol. So ep- going back to the biology, epinephrine and cortisol are what, produ- are what is what produced when we're angry. This makes your mind sharper, more focused, and you get a surge, in, surge of energy. But the part of you being in control is just an illusion because you get angry. As we discussed, anger follows a six-step pattern. Trigger thoughts, experience action, urge, expression, and outcomes. So trigger thoughts, experience, action, urge, expression, and outcomes. The most common trigger for anger is undesirable behavior of people that we know well, like, or love. Okay, so that's the most common actual trigger when it comes to anger. And there's different styles of how you can cope with anger. You've got passive, you've got aggressive, you've got passive aggressive, you've got projective aggressive, and you've got assertive. Assertive is the king, definitely the king, but pausing and being reflective is also good as well. The notion that anger is cathartic is an outdated idea. That's just like, it's not true. It's an idea that's largely been debunked by experts. Venting anger makes people worse. It does not make people better, okay? Then the big mistake is the idea that other people are the cause of our anger. We are the cause of our own anger. Keeping hold of your anger will never help you. Has anger really affected your life for the better long term? And, you know, you can use statements. So... I would use the statement that's important to me to, to avoid or to blow up like the route to anger by saying, I don't like where this is going, Precious. I need an hour of time by myself to think more clearly and then continue discussing this. So that's a great example of something that I want to use when I see anger coming up on a conversation highway. I don't like where this is going, Precious. I need an hour of time to think. I need an hour of time by myself to think more clearly And then we can continue discussing this. So interrupt the anger cycle, okay? Break the pattern of getting angry and shouting. Practice just leaving a situation, okay? Just practice just leaving. So you can tell the other person you need time to deal with this conversation better. So let's talk when I'm not emotional. 
should also say, your goal is to leave, then do something completely different. So if you're angry and then ultimately you leave, your goal is to do something completely different. Obsessing over it is not productive. You need a break and then come back to it. And avoidance and escape isn't it? It's a good initial step, right? So avoidance and escape, which is what we're describing here, is a good initial step. And then you can actually come back to it. And it's really important to, within all of this, pay attention to what fundamentally is the most basic, but the actual most important question. So what happens when, you know, what happens when I yell at, for example, Samil? What happens when I yell at Daniela? Does he feel better? Does she feel better? Do I feel better? Do I grow, do we go closer? No. <laughs> like net, no. So, you know, my impulsive, careless approach to problem solving with anger by fighting it with anger is, is completely ineffective, okay? So take a step back, ask Google, ask a friend for advice on how to nav navigate ultimately a difficult situation, okay? And, and this is, you know, ultimately an approach that's a lot more effective. And social problem solving is also, you know, part of this, which is stop, you analyze a problem, you identify the trigger. So the problem was, is that we keep fighting about the dishes. The trigger is, is that the dishes are dirty, always dirty. Find some potential solutions. You clean up more, but then you forget. You leave the washing up liquid near the wash basin. That improves it you get a dishwasher and that could lead to significant consistent improvement so you find potential solutions you analyze the outcome of each of these solutions dishwasher is helpful but then you still you're still a lazy bastard deepak uh, but uh, you pick the best solution fundamentally and that's an example of how you can think about problem solving when it comes to anger okay so brainstorming at least potential three potential solutions is really important three potential solutions this is a great advice for life as well and then you just pick the best one okay because shouting is never a good approach you might get immediate compliance from anyone they might just say okay i'll do it but it does cause emotional distancing okay it does cause you to become distant from that person all right and you've got to change how you think okay you've got to change how you think you've got to recognize that you can be aware of your thinking and see it as separate to you and skeptical about your actual thinking okay we have a tendency of being unaware of what we actually think. And we've got a tendency also to think our thoughts are correct. The tendency to think your thoughts are correct is, is, is silly. The tendency of being unaware of what you think is, is very common. So you've got to become aware of it and to be skeptical of what you think. And also talking about how well you handle. So this builds upon Brian Tracy's past present, which is where you talk about how well you handle these situations or moments of conflict now you can project yourself into a high tolerance high patience version of yourself and that's something that you can project immediately right now I know. <laughs> um so, so 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 guys um you know you you can accept or have acceptance of your angry thoughts without needing to actually act upon them okay because your thoughts do not reflect reality. They're just all interpretations of reality. So allow your long-term values. Like, what are your values? But you should allow your long-term values to actually and ultimately determine your responses, okay? So think about what your values are. 
and we'll come back to this, but allowing yourself to hear your thoughts without immediately acting upon them is critical. So allow yourself to hear your thoughts without immediately acting upon them. So just observe them. So when we talk about values, it's important to understand what it is that you do value. Okay. So for myself, it's hard work, it's regular communication, it's new ideas, and it's transparency. And it's really important that when you have these angry moments, you correlate ultimately not the angry feeling, but rather you stop, you pause, and you look at your values and understand what is the most appropriate behavior relative to your values, okay? Because your thoughts and feelings never require an immediate action or reaction in this instance. It's important just to observe them and measure them against your values. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me unless you let them, okay? So the next section is about honouring other people's anger. Right, guys. We will pause here at honouring other people's anger. But this is Anger Management 2.0. And I'll record another voice note tomorrow going through the other sections of this book. But I hope that this audio has been useful to you because it gives you some insights into some of the things that I've learned from this book. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you on the next one.